The following program is paid for by the partners and viewers of the Life of Faith broadcast. to what uh, to what you're dealing with because some of y'all might be looking like well yeah yeah you run your own office you in ministry you walk around work around save people all the time I, I know I know how it is in the secular world and plus just being in ministry don't mean everybody you work with gonna be right anyway <laughs> I'm just saying you know because people look like boy I won't work for a church you might not want to work for a church. Because not everybody come in to talk to you. Not everybody that you employed. Not everybody do what they're supposed to do. This is bottom line. And so it's not, it's the same, same factors happen on, in ministry or when you employ uh, multiple people than does, you know, in the secular world. And sometimes it's some, somewhat more disappointing because you expect them to have God. I'm just saying, I ain't calling nobody's name. I'm just saying. You with me? You don't, I'm not exempt from walking in love because I'm in a quote-unquote spiritual environment. Because people will be people. Just think about the people you serve with. Well, Lord. Come on. Not every health ministry department is always hunky-dory. Because you have people involved. I'm not saying we throw the whole thing away. We just have to, we just have to grow up in some areas. But the Bible says we should do good to others, especially to them that are the household of faith. And so your training ground is here in the ministry. And you get trained to go into the world so you can minister to the world what you've learned in the ministry. Amen. Because church ministry takes place more out there than it does in here. You just get, you just get trained here to go out and do the work. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Okay, let's, let's go to, uh, did we go to Ephesians 4 yet? Okay, all right, I didn't finish though, did I? I just got to the kind part. All right, kind of got off on the kind part. That's all right. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Everybody shout, I will forgive. I will forgive. Even, notice this, look, look at this very closely, class. Even as God for Christ's sake have forgiven you. Now, let's, let's remember what Christ means. Christ means anointed. So, or anointing. So, for the, the God hath forgiven not for our sake, but for Christ's sake, or for the sake of the anointing. So you want to forgive so that the power of God can continue to flow. Amen. See, because when you don't forgive, you, 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 you block up the power. 
And see, you can't flow in power. You, flow, you begin to flow in flesh because you're now outside of the will of God. So I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to release you so I can still minister to you with the power of God. Because see, what if, they, if you're holding something against somebody, what if God spoke to you and said, minister to them? Could you do it? Or would you give God all kinds of arguments? Because they ain't, you know, they, they, they said this about me, and they said that, and they did this. God don't want to know any of that. He already knows. He says, minister to them. How can you minister to them if you're holding something against them? It's not for your sake. It's not for their sake. It's the sake for the power of God so their lives can be changed. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? That's why there's, ne there's, ne there's, there's, never, there's never a place I allow myself to be where I can't, I can't minister. I always want to be in a place to minister. I don't care how mad I am, how, how, how uh, upset or irritated I might be, I'm going to still be ministering. Because he is not about me. Not about my feelings. It's about the work of God. It's about God's will being done. It's about your life being changed. Are y'all hearing this? Okay, praise the Lord. I'm just, I'm just sharing. I'm just talking. So number two, the disciple is one who loves the brethren. How is your love walk? This is, this, is, this is a question for you. How is your love walk? How is your love walk? How many people do you still not speak to? How many people that you out your mouth you say, I don't like? How is your love walk? How many people can you just overlook their flaws and see the good in them and then be used of God? I've, 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 coined, this, I've coined this behavior. Every, everybody has a king in them. Everybody has a queen in them. They just haven't recognized it yet. And it's my job to help you recognize the king and the queen in you. Amen. All of you are royalty. You just don't recognize it yet. Are y'all hearing me? And so how is your love walk? How do you walk in love? If, if somebody would ask you on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, how would you rate your love walk? Don't call them out. How would you rate your, this is just an inward question. How would you rate your love walk? Would you rate it a, a four, seven, an eight? Nobody should say ten. Jesus is the only one who can say ten. All right, nobody should say ten. Uh, maybe nine might be high for some. Well, what, how, how, just, just think about it. How, how, do I, how do I deal with people? How do I relate to people? How do I share with people? How do I minister to people? Do I cut people off? Do I just, just, you know, just, just give them no regards? How do I walk in love? This is a question for a disciple. If a person does, does wrong, do I immediately cut them off and say they're no good, throw them away? People do change. Thank God for that. I mean, thank God that you've changed. Neighbor, how many think God your neighbor changed? <laughs> Some of y'all lift your hand. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, it helps all of us when we change. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm just talking. I'm just sharing some things today. All right. So number one, a disciple is one who abides in the word. Number two, a disciple is one who loves the brethren. And the number three, a disciple is one who bears much fruit. A disciple is one who bears much fruit. You can't be like Jesus a long time without bearing fruit. Let me just say that. You can't walk like God walks without bearing fruit. And so 
your fruit production is an indication of your commitment to your disciple, your, your being a disciple of God. How much fruit are you producing? Okay, go to, go to John 15, please. Go to John 15. Oh, I got to get to this place here. Spent too much time on that one. All right. But I think it was beneficial. Amen. I just might have to keep y'all later. Amen. See, a disciple wouldn't have no problem with that. Amen. I just thought I'd throw that out. Amen. All right, John 15, right? Look at this verse number one. I am the true vine, and my father's a husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth what? More fruit. Now you are clean through the word. Shout, I'm clean through the word. Say, I'm clean through the word. All right, so the word cleanses you, right? So you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same bring forth, what? Much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth. As a branch and withered, and men gather them and cast them in the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. How many shout, somebody shout hallelujah on that? Somebody shout, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask what you will, but you got to be abiding in the word. So you just can't be abiding in anything and then ask and expect it to happen. You got to be abiding in the word. And so look at this verse number uh, eight. Herein is my Father glorified. How do we glorify God? That you bear what? Much fruit. So shall you be my, what? Disciple. So disciples bear fruit. Disciples are productive. They, they, do, they bear, they, uh, oh man, they have works. They have a demonstration of what they say they're going to do. Come on now. A disciple bears fruit. They're productive. They don't just take up space. They're, they're adding value to the kingdom of God. Hunt your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you adding value? See, being valuable and adding value are two different things. You can be valuable and not add value. You got it? Why, what am I saying? You can be valuable, and we all are. We're valuable and we're precious in the sight of God. But yet we cannot be yielding fruit, so therefore we're not adding value. A person should be better because they know you. Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. If, you inter- if you're in somebody's life and you're not making them better, you're not adding value. Amen. Amen. And I'm determined to cause everybody that comes, in my, comes around me to leave me better. Amen. That's my responsibility, to bear fruit. So that because the tree is judged by the fruit, people can see that I am and I do belong to God. Amen. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? So they bear fruit. Why? Because when we bear fruit, we glorify God. We give God the glory because people know that we can't do it on, us, on, on our own. People know that, hey, man, that is not them by themselves. God has to be in their life. And so what do they do? They in turn give God glory for the production that we have. Are y'all hearing this? Matthew 5, Matthew 5. Come on, let's go. Got to pick up the pace. Matthew 5 and verse number 13. Matthew 5 and verse number 13. 
Look at this here. It's one of our scriptures we probably learned early on, but we'll look at it again. Matthew 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost his savor, wherewith, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for what? Nothing. But to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. You are the salt of the earth. If you have lost your savor, if you've lost your taste, what good are you? What is it saying? It's saying that there, God has put some on you. The Bible says this, that they have, uh, they have the zeal of God, but they deny the power. See, we have the looks, we have the, the walk, we have the talk of a disciple, we have the, the look and the talk of a Christian, but see, we don't, we, we don't have the results. And so when you've lost your savor, when people are not influenced and when people are not impacted by what's on your life, you've lost your savor. And so the Bible says you're good for nothing but just to be cast out and trodden underfoot. Tell your neighbor, say, that's going to change, that's going to change, that's going to change, man, that's going to change. Amen. I got, when, 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 when I'm ministering and when I'm sharing with people, I want to make impact so that lives can change, man. Because I'm the salt of the earth. I'm here to cause this thing to be better. Y'all hearing this? Look at what it says. Let's continue what it says. You are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And you are what? The light of the world. A city that's set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in thine house. In the house, let your light shine before men. Look, 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 check it out, class, that they may see your what? Good works and glorify your father, which is in where? Heaven. So God wants to put you and I on display, class. You are the light of the world. You're supposed to be beaming. You're supposed to be demonstrating God. You're supposed to be representing Jesus. You're supposed to be put on the hill, not in the closet, not wanting people to know I'm saved. You're supposed to get up there and say, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, hey, look at me. This is how you do it. This is how Jesus behaves. Look at me, look at me. Look, no, no, look at me, look at me. See, but we don't want to be offensive to anybody. I don't don't make a difference if somebody is offended. No, you have to do what you're called to do. You are the light of the world. People ought to be able to see you. Why? So they can see your good works and glorify God. What's good works? Your love walk. What's good works? You're ministering to people. What's good works? You're giving. What's good works? You're serving. What's good works? Your relationships. What's good work? Your, your peace. What's good works? Your joy. All your life just demonstrating the goodness of God. Because the Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. How can folk know that God is good if they don't see you experiencing the goodness of God? Everybody else walking by a need. You stop and minister to the need. That's good works. Amen. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so we, say, shout, we, shout this one. Say, I am, I am the salt of the earth, and I am the light of the world. Shout with me. Say, I will not, I will not be, hidden be hidden any longer. Any longer. Yes. So when ungodliness is going all around you, a light needs to come on. Look, 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 look. I understand that you don't really know what you're doing, but we, I, can't, I can't allow this to happen. 
in this, in this arena because I'm, 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 I'm going to show some light here. And whenever light's there, darkness has to go. But it's too long. For, it's unfortunate that we have light in the room of darkness and we don't know light's there. Amen. I said amen. amen. You're the light of the world. You have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. Got this? Now, let me, let me, let me wind this up. But I got to give you this, though. I have to give you this. Now, how, because it's one thing to say, abide in his word. Another thing to say, to walk in love. Another same thing to say, bear fruit. How do we do that? How do we do that? How do we get that done? We have to be practical about this. Because I'm tired of just talking. Tired of talking. I'm tired of folk just talking. Just, just talking. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of talking. Don't stop telling me who you are. Show me who yes. you are. Amen. Stop telling me who you are. I've been saved for 25 years. Show me. Show me. How do we get this done? How do we get this done? It all boils down to this class. All boils down to this. You have to learn how to follow instructions. I had to learn how to follow instructions. That was deep, wasn't it? Y'all was looking for a formula, you know, pray 30 minutes, read your Bible 10 minutes a day, and then it'll, it'll take care of it. No, 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 no. It comes down to following instructions. The Bible is a book of instructions. And if you're going to be like Jesus, you're going to have to follow his instructions. Amen. Psalm 37 says, the steps of a good man are ordered of what? Of the Lord. John 10 says that we know the voice of the shepherd and the voice of a stranger we won't follow. And Romans 8 says, those who are led of the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Following instructions is the key. Now, we can tell how you follow instructions of God by you follow instructions of man. If you can't follow instructions of man, you can forget following instructions of God. And then we got folk that just stand up in bold face lie. Did he say that? Oh, I'm scared. Don't tell the truth. I, I didn't mean to say that. <coughs> Don't that stand up and not tell the truth. And they'll say this. Say, I obey God. When you've just given them instruction, and they haven't followed. Because, see, only you and God know what instructions he's given you. So you can easily say, oh, obey God, because we don't know what he told you to do, except for the word. You, you follow that? But it's following instructions, following natural instructions. Do you follow instructions naturally? It helps you follow instructions of God. Now, in order to follow instructions of God, you've got to know the voice of God. The Bible says there's many voices, without, there's none without significance. And so you've got to know the voice of God. Is God telling you to do that, or is it you telling you to do that? Is God telling you to do that, or is it the devil telling you to do that? Is God telling you to do that, or somebody else telling you to do that? Because a lot of people have been, uh, have been followed the instructions of others, and they called it God. I've seen, it, I've seen it many times in ministry. People say, yeah, well, yeah, you, you should be a preacher. They think, no, they've they been a preacher. They wouldn't call to God. They would call to somebody else. 
And then when they get in ministry, they get stuck in pride. And they, they can't stand up and say, I miss God. A preacher missing God? Yes, preachers miss God. They're human just like the rest of us. I'm human just like the rest of you. Have I headed out the park every single time? Absolutely not. I don't stand up and say, say that I have. I do a good job. Amen. But I'm not perfect. But what I'm saying, you got to know the voice of God. Now, let me see if I can illustrate you. you know, how many people here uh, have seen the show The Voice? That's your show? She said, oh, that's my show. <laughs> Woo! How many people over here seen The Voice? The Voice. How many people have not seen The Voice? Not seen The Voice. Okay, all right, quite a few of you have not seen The Voice. All right, now, The Voice is a show that they're seeking voice talent. And so um, we're going to see if we can get first lady on the show. I think, she, I think she can get a contract. Anyhow. Yeah, the voice. And so it's, they're looking for voice talent. And, and, and the unique thing about the voice is that when they come out and sing, the judges or the people who are doing the contract, their backs are to the contestants. And so if, if you were the judges, so to speak, uh, no, I can't do it that way. If I, if I was, if you were the contestant and I was a judge, it would be like this, okay? And so the, the thing of it is, is, this, is the show is set up for them to not pay attention to the outward, not pay attention to what they have on, not pay attention to their flash, their, uh, you know, their personality, their charisma, the whole idea is they're going to be chosen because of their voice. And so this, it's, a chair, it's chair that's, a chair that's set up, and the chair has a button on it, and if they hit the button, it will cause the chair to turn around and let them see the contestant. But what happens is when they get out there to sing, they have like 30 seconds, 45 seconds to sing, they're out there singing, you know, singing. And so what they're listening for is a certain sound. And so they have this button, and you can see them sometimes. They're listening, and they, they want to hit the button, but they're not ready to hit the button because they, 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 don't, they don't understand. They want to hear their range and all this kind of stuff. And so they're like, uh, is this the voice? Uh, you know, like that. And then all of a sudden, they'll hit it, boom, and it'll turn the chair around. And then they're, okay, now I want to offer you a contract. Now, why do I say all that? I say all that is because sometimes in life, when you don't really know the voice of God, you're hearing a voice. And you're sitting out there saying, is that God? Is that God? Ooh, I don't know if that's God or not. And so you're wondering if it's God or not because you really don't know the voice of God. It has to be a place when you hear God, bam, I hit the button, and I turn around, and I follow God. No questions, no delay. I heard God. Let me go to do what I have to do. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? But see, you, gotta, you get there through abiding in his word. Walking in love. Bearing fruit. And then when God speaks, you know it's his voice. Boom, you hit the button, and you follow God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? I said, are you hearing what I'm saying today? Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you got to get to know the voice of God. Got to get to know the voice of God. Listen to this. Remember, the disciple is one who wants to become like his teacher. Write this down in your notes. We don't have time to go there. 
Romans 8.29. Romans 8.29 says you should be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. What does that mean, class? That means you should be like him. Every day you live as a child of God, you should be more like Jesus. Don't tell me you've been saved 20 years and still got problems with your flesh, still got problems with relationships, still got problems with your mouth. Don't tell me that. Well, really, what, you've been, what you're testifying to is I haven't been a disciple for 20 years. That's what you're testifying. Because it don't take 20 years to change you. Come on. So come on. I know I'm saying if you've been saved for 20 days, you still got some problems. That's understandable because it's a process. But 20 years, you've been saved and in church for 20 years, and you still got flesh problems? You haven't been a disciple. You've been doing your own thing. You've been listening to the word, not hearing the word. Come on, it's time to stop talking. It's time to be. Notice everything God tells you to do, he didn't say try it. He says be it. In class, it's time to be a disciple of Christ. Hello, this is Dr. Fry, and I want to thank you for viewing today's broadcast. I've been teaching on a series entitled Kingdom Living. And doing, in Kingdom Living, there's four components. Number one, there's denying self. Number two is discipleship. Number three is serving. And number four is giving. So I just finished a lesson on being a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we first must be a disciple before we endeavor to disciple someone else. And so the Bible talks about some characteristics of discipleship. And number one is that they abide in the word of God. Number two, that they love the brethren. And number three, that they bear much fruit. So as a child of God, our ultimate purpose is to fulfill the will and word of God. And part of that is to be a disciple of Jesus and be conformed to his image. What does that mean? That means we're supposed to be like him the more we live. Every day we live, we should be more like Jesus. Every week, every month, every year that we live, we should become more like him because we are to represent him on the earth. So I know you enjoyed the teaching. The announcer is going to come uh, up next and share with you some exciting products that you can uh, partake of and that you can order from our, our bookstore. And I appreciate you for, for being a part of our audience today, and I look forward to seeing you here on next week. Thanks again for viewing the Life of Faith broadcast. God bless you. For a gift of any amount to the ministry this month, Dr. Fry will send you this dynamic lesson entitled Uncontaminated Faith. Learn how to get results by using the faith you already have. In this teaching, Dr. Fry challenges you to break the limitations and start living the abundant life in Christ. To receive your copy of this dynamic teaching, call toll-free 1-877-342-4193 right now as operators are standing by. Consider becoming a Life of Faith partner today. Your financial support of $20 or more per month will assist Dr. Fry in taking the gospel around the world through television and missions. Imagine the countless lives that will be touched and changed through this ministry because of your faithful support. Log on to www.fccintl.org or call toll-free 1-877-342-4193 and become a partner today because together we can make it happen. 
You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. And now for your convenience, you can make your contributions online. Join us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fry.